0: Thank you for supporting Overcomer's Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped.
1: Turn with me to Matthew chapter 9. And we're going to be reading verses 27 through 31. Matthew chapter 9 and we're going to be reading verses 27 through 31 When Jesus departed from there two blind men followed him crying out and saying Son of David have mercy on us. Verse 28 And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open. And Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. And said, so As we go into the word on today, I want to leave with you this particular topic OCC, do we believe that Jesus can do this? CC, do we believe that Jesus can do this? When we think in terms of believe and to believe from a natural perspective it, it is to accept as true. To believe is to accept as true. From a biblical perspective, Belief has to do with our convictions. It has to do that whether or not we are persuaded and have placed our confidence in our faith. How many of you know as believers that belief is important? Let's look at scriptures that remind us of the importance of having faith in God and, and being persuaded and convicted in the fact that he is an all-knowing God that he is an all-powerful God and that he's all-present and that he can do anything except fail. Go with me to Hebrews 11 and 6. It's a good day to be in God's house amongst believers. Good day. Hebrews 11 and 6. And it reads, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let me read that again. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Our faith in our sovereign God causes him to be happy. When we come to God, we have to come with conviction. We have to come with full confidence that he is who he says that he is and that he can do what he says he's going to do. But the Hebrew writer lets us know that without faith, it is impossible. In other words, it ain't going to happen when it comes to pleasing him. For he who comes to God is not enough just to come to him, but we must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When we come to God, we've got to be persuaded. Tell your neighbor, you got to be persuaded. Hope you got your mask on because you might be talking to your neighbor a little bit today. But you've got to believe that he is and you've also got to believe that he is a rewarder. God pays wages. I like that. And, and not only does he pay wages, he says, but there is some condition here. He says, for those who will diligently seek him. I mean, you know, you got to crave God. You gotta search your mouth. You gotta, you gotta seek out them. Sometimes I get up so early in the morning. I, I heard the folks trying to tell all of my business, but I ain't ashamed because I know that when I get up early in the in the morning, I know that my mind is clear. I know that I can hear the voice of God. I know when I study the Word that He opens up the Scriptures unto me. I know that that's my seeking time. I, I want to say something out to my, my. Uh, give a shout out to my Facebook and Instagram investigators and stalkers. You know when you're trying to scope out information on folks without asking someone? Y'all ain't going to talk to me today. You're trying to find them. Who are they with? Who are their friends? Who are they tagged to? What comments are certain people? Y'all know how it is when you stalking somebody on the old social media. It takes skills to be an official social media investigator especially if you don't want to leave a trace. Ain't nobody going to talk to me on this side, so I'm going to have to go on over to this side. But, you know, you got to be able to check things out. you got to be able to search it out. And if you really want to find out what's happening, you're going to have to go around a few corners, and you might have to text this friend who you think might know, and then you might see if they made a comment or not. But how many of you know that according to this Hebrew writer, that we got to use that same skill set when it comes to seeking our God? We got to crave him so much that we want to know who was he hanging out with? What were they talking about? How did he interact with the religious people? How did he deal with people who were wounded and who were hurting? I need to know about God. I got to seek him out. I got to search the scriptures and see how was he interacting with those around him? Oh, yeah, you got to seek him out. Because, see, when you seek him out, reward comes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you seek him out, wages are paid to you. But faith is a necessary part of our lives. Let's look on into Hebrews eleven one and 2. Hebrews eleven one and 2. And it declares now... Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2 says, For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. Faith is the substance. Faith is that foundation. It's that, it's that firmness that cause your mind to be steady and steadfast when nothing else seems to be coming out right. When people aren't talking right. When people are not responding to your right. When people are not supporting your right. Faith allows you to stay steady and trust in God. It allows you to keep believing God despite. It gives you that hope in a hopeless situation. Hebrews writer says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence. It's the proof. It's the conviction of things not yet seen. So if I hold on to God's word, even though I don't see a bill being paid, I I got proof that it's coming. If I hold on to God's word, even though I may have pain in my body, I got proof that he's a healer. Glory be to God. And he goes on to say, for by it, the elders obtain a good, honest report. How many of us remember the times when you took those school pictures? And when you would take the pictures, they wouldn't send you the picture at front. They sent you the proof. And so the proof lets you know that the photographer did the job. But you knew that the pictures hadn't arrived yet the pictures was coming. How many of you know that faith is the proof? You know that God don't show up and show out. It may not have arrived yet. You may not have seen the full manifestation. But the word tells you you got proof. Glory be to God. You got proof, O C C. 25 years we got proof that God is who he says that he is and that he's doing what he says he's going to do. You got to hold on to the proof. That's it, How The elders obtain a good honest report. Glory. Faith is important. Believing and trusting God is important. Paul lets us know in Romans one sixteen 16 and 17. You can turn there. I'm going I'm to keep going, but I'm coming back to the main text. But I want to build on that faith piece because Jesus is going to deal with the two men today about their faith. And so we got to understand that according to Scripture, it's how important faith is. Romans 1 16 and 17, Paul further reminds us, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. You gotta be persuaded. Gotta have that confidence. Paul goes on to say, For the Jew first and also for the Greek. Now, you might get me to be ashamed of a lot of things. I might be ashamed of a few outfits. I might be ashamed of a few hairdos. But I tell you what, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, I can't be ashamed of that because I understand wrapped up in the gospel is the power, it's the ability, it's the abundance of God to salvation. My deliverance is is attached to the gospel. My healing is attached to the gospel Oh, 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 my peace is attached to the gospel. My prosperity is hooked up in the gospel. So I can't be ashamed of the thing that's going to make me free. For I know it's the power of God unto salvation for those who will believe. Oh, you got to believe now. Yeah, we living in a day you just can't come to church. You got to really believe this thing. Because you may turn the news on, you don't know what you gonna see. You may go outside, you don't know what you gonna hear. You may look on your phone, you don't know what's gonna roll across your feed, your news feed. You don't know. So you got to be persuaded that God is who He is no matter what. We've seen in the last year a time on this earth that I've never experienced. We've seen on this, in this last year, Almost a year to date where an invisible enemy has invaded the space of man, where an invisible enemy, it didn't just say the United States, oh, no, 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 this thing was global, this thing was worldwide, this thing caused men and and, and doctors to be uh, just confused over the impact that it can have from person to person to person. We've seen in the last year, and I know there are a lot of things that causes people to, to go on and to transition to a different life, but we've seen in the last year about 500,000 people that were here one day and gone the next. See, you gotta have faith in this hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta be able to trust God. You gotta, you gotta be able to, to trust God that He is who He says that He is. And and I think about that, and I think about over 25 years, how we've had to be able to trust God no matter what. No matter what. But Paul further says in Romans 1 and 17, For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed, notice, from faith to faith. He says, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Yeah, we got to we got to live this thing. It, it has to be real to us. It, it has to be a lifestyle. It has to be like breathing air when it comes to the faith in God, our faith in God, our trusting his word. And so we can see just upon, based upon those scriptures how critical it is to truly believe to the point that it becomes our conviction. See, when, when something is your conviction, you're not going to be moved off it. Now, I have a certain few convictions and I have a few preferences. See, now, eating chocolate ain't my conviction. I might give it up for two or three days, but because it ain't my conviction, you better keep them snickers away now. Come on now, y'all know what I'm talking about. It's not my conviction. But drinking alcohol is my conviction. I didn't say it was yours. I hope it is. But I didn't say it was yours. But you ain't got to worry about me slipping in no alcohol. But now you put some chocolate and you put my husband, mama, cake in front of me, it's a good chance I'm going to get in that chocolate. There's a difference in preferences and convictions. And when it comes to God's words, his word, it has to be our conviction. We can't just come and shout about it. We can't just come and say amen. We can't just put it on the screen and, and, and read it every now and then. But when nobody else is around, when the preacher can't preach to you, when you can't call anyone to pray with you, you got to have an inward conviction that God is who he says that he is. Yeah, it has to be our Conviction. We have to know that God is all-powerful and all-knowing and he's faithful no matter what. See, when it's, it's your conviction, a delay to you does not mean denied. The process is only making me better prepared for the promise. See, we had to have some conviction to stand for 25 years. Because our mind might would have changed along the way yeah yeah yeah, when it comes to you uh uh, uh trusting God when it when it seems like you, you, you don't really see a trace. When it seems like you, you know the mortgage, mortgage gotta be paid, but you, 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 you don't know what the people are gonna do because uh, they still in their feelings when it comes to tithes and offering. And you know that the word works. You gotta have a conviction that I'm gonna keep giving no matter what. I'm gonna keep sowing no matter what. I'm gonna be trusting God that my seed is gonna multiply no matter what. That's conviction. Yeah, that ain't a good idea. Because cause, cause see, with that seed, along with your desire, and you got to make a choice. If you're going to sow it, or if you're going to do what you want to do, or you're going to get that dress, or you're going to get them nails done, oh, now, you got to have a conviction, because if not, you will be persuaded by what you want. God taught me about conviction. You gonna believe I'm a giver. You gonna keep giving. You gonna give to those that despitefully use you. You gonna keep giving. You gonna keep giving when you know you need it at your own house. You gonna keep giving. You gonna keep sowing when you need groceries in your own pantry, but you gonna sow it in somebody else's life. Hey, you gonna keep giving? He was developing conviction on the inside of me. I told my husband we were bonding. This last few days, in quite a supernatural way, I uh, invited him to a family retreat, in which we, we won't call that marriage, in which we moved my mom and my sister into a new house, of which we arrived there and not much was packed, and everything had to be packed. And we had to pack it in a way that my 88-year-old mom didn't know we were in her stuff. And we were moving boxes and whatnot. And, 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 and I told him, I said, we, we would talk about the word, keep us going, back and forth, keep going. And we laugh a little, and we work, and we laugh. And I said, it's amazing how look like we have more than we've ever had before, and we're spending less.
0: Mm.
1: Look like we're blessed more than we've ever been blessed, and it's costing us less. Can't nobody do that but God. Mm. When you can see the manifestation of things happening around you, and you know it ain't because of what you got, you know it ain't because of what you're doing, but you know it's the power of God manifesting in your life. I said, Lord, you so good and you so faithful. And you honor your word no matter what. That's conviction. I said, Lord, I got to keep sowing. I was trying to get me some seeds this morning. I said, I got to sow up in some some birthdays, this hit this day. I said, I, I, I can't stop sowing because I understand now that that's causing things to happen, not only for me, but it's causing things to happen for my family. It's causing things to happen in my children's life. It's causing things to happen in the church life. It's causing things to happen in the saints' life. I got to keep sowing because I understand that if I sow it, that God is going to bless the seed that's hitting the ground. <laughs> conviction. 25 years, you've got to have some conviction. So as we look at today's text, we will see how believing God was life-changing for two men. In fact, their situation was such in that they may have been impacted physically, emotionally, financially, But clearly, spiritually, they saw an avenue for change for the better. You know, we got to see an avenue for change. No matter what you've been dealing with, no matter how long you've been dealing with it, you've always got to see that avenue for change. Sometimes the supporters won't be there. Sometimes the cheering squad may take a rest. But you've got to know that you know that you know that God has not drifted away. You've got to know with confidence that God is going to be with you no matter what. You've got to let scriptures like Isaiah 41 and 10 speak to your heart where it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. (laughs) I will support you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. you got to allow scriptures like Deuteronomy 3 and 16 speak to you, where it says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. 25 years, we got to know that God is with us. We got to know that he hadn't withdrawn his hand from us. Yeah, it may not be what we thought it was going to be, but we've got to know that God has not forsaken us. He's not abandoned us. He's not neglected us in one way. So let's go back into Matthew 9 and 27. But I wanted to build that foundation around faith. Because we have to understand how important it is to have faith in God. Matthew 9:27, chapter nine and verse 27. And it reads, "When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, "Son of David, have mercy." On us. So Matthew describes the men as being blind. In other words, physically blind. But sometimes we can have a visual sight and mentally inability to be able to see God in situations and circumstances. So when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him. They, they, they joined themselves with Jesus. They accompanied Jesus. They connected with Him. So even though they were going through something, they still understood that they needed to follow Jesus. They understood that they needed to connect with Jesus. And I thought it was interesting about these blind men because they were crying out saying, Son of David! Have mercy on us. So I'm trying to get an illustration in my mind because I was one of those visual learners. If I could picture it, I could see it and I could go with it. So I'm trying to get an illustration in my mind. And so here's Jesus and these two blind men. And I'm trying to think, now, how are they coordinating? Because usually, you know, someone with limited vision, they use their other senses to help them guide the way. So I said, now, they, they're they impairing their hearing, and they're impairing their judgment, because not only are they following Jesus, but they cry out loud, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. I
0: said, wait a-
1: Now, you got to understand, it was something motivating these blind men. Because if we go back in in, in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 23, we realize that Jesus had just left the ruler's house and he had just healed his daughter who was sick. As a matter of fact, some deemed his daughter as being dead, but Jesus said she wasn't dead. Let me just get these folks out of this room and he raised her up. But before he did that, he had just healed the woman with the issue of blood who had been sick for 12 long years and had used all that she had and didn't get better. So he had made two stops. You know how it is, the miracle working stops. How I many of you know we need Jesus to make the miracle working stops? He had, she, he had healed the man's daughter. He had healed... The lady that was sick with an issue of blood and these blind men said, I don't know what y'all are talking about, but we gonna get connected with him. Cause we understand what he's doing. He's not just coming in and having church, but lives are being changed with Jesus. So they began to, to follow Jesus. They connected with him and they were crying out. They were speaking with a loud voice and saying, son of David, Have mercy on us. In other words, have compassion on us. We are afflicted, but what we want you to do is just change our lives and make it better. I I, I don't know if their crying was a result of frustration. Was it sadness? Was it weariness, Was it exhaustion? Because sometimes I feel like crying for all those reasons. So I don't know why they were crying out loud, but I do know they were crying with purpose. And their purpose was to ask Jesus to have mercy on them. They were asking the Savior. They were asking the Deliverer. They were asking the Miracle Worker to have mercy on us. Crying, but crying with purpose. With a loud plea to ask the Lord, have compassion. You know, sometimes we got to lock in with a good cry. I know you don't want to mess your, your mascara up. And I know it ain't manly to cry, but sometimes you got to cry with purpose. You got to cry out to the Lord. You got to scream out to the Lord and ask the Lord to have mercy on you. Have compassion on your finances. Have compassion on your body. You got to ask the Lord to have mercy on your parents. Have mercy on your family. Have mercy on your job. You got to get serious because sometimes we don't get serious till the tears start dropping. But when the tears start we know it's on end. We know that we're serious about what we say. But these blue blind men, they begin to connect with Jesus, but they're connected looking for compassion.
0: Mm-mm.
1: You got to believe that when I'm crying, I'm going to stay connected. Mm-hmm. It's going to change my sadness to gladness. It's going to change my night to morning. I'm going to pull on Psalms 30 and 5 for it says, for his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Oh, don't mistake my crying for weakness because I'm crying and I'm connected. I'm crying and I'm looking for answers. I'm crying and I'm seeking the Savior. I'm crying and I'm trusting my God. And so these two blind men, even though they were going through, even though they were dealing with their physical limitation, but they still stay connected to Jesus. Despite their situation, they had to figure out some things. They had to figure out how to coordinate their steps. They had to figure out how to not lose Jesus in the midst. Because remember, Jesus was on the move. He had just healed the lady with the issue of blood. He had just healed the rulers, the the, the man with his daughter. So he was on the move. So they couldn't be whining and ask Jesus to pull them along. You know, sometimes we want that folks to pull us along. But sometimes you got to figure it out. Yeah, you got to figure that thing out. We know how to figure out stuff when we want to figure it out now. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had to figure it out. They had to figure out how to, how, how, how to do things, how to connect, how to, how to not lose sight on Jesus. Sometimes we got to figure out how to make time to pray. We got to figure out how to make time to study when we ain't so distracted, when our mind isn't so busy and preoccupied. Sometimes we got to figure out how to give God his Times and bring them that good offering sometimes we got to figure out how to get to church mm, and pay attention when we get to church mm, mm, mm. you got to figure it out yeah can't nobody figure that out for you you got to figure it out 25 years you got to figure it out yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But i got to still call and encourage you to get to church i, I need you to figure that out I need you to figure that out. I need you to figure out how to get here to pray for me so I can get some revelation. I need you to figure it out. I need you to, you, you, you got to figure that out. You got to understand how important that is to your life, to your living, to your increase, to your abundance. You got to get to word and you have got to trust the word that you can. Tell your neighbor, figure it out. Yeah. E, I didn't want to say that out loud, but it was your neighbor that said it and so, as we look on in the text, we see how important it is for us to figure it out. Because you said, "Now, my lady sounds she kind of harsh today. She being her extra self, but I'm just trying to help you. Because Jesus to put it on Tell somebody, Jesus about to put it on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna engage him in conversation, and you'll understand why I said you gotta figure it out. So, in Matthew 9 and 28, he begins to talk to them. And when he had come into the house, the blind man came to him, and Jesus said to them, "Do you believe that I am able to do this? Look at that. He got personal. Uh huh. Sometimes it get personal, because you got to know what you need. You got to know what brings you peace. You have to know what brings you joy and compass your heart." He said, do you believe? What's your convictions like? (laughs) You believe I'm all powerful? You believe I have all the resources? You believe that I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end? Do you believe that I'm able? What? I said, 25 years? Lord, you said, do we believe? God, you ain't filled the church up yet. We ain't started on the other building. God, you ain't canceled a debt completely out yet. And he said, do you believe,
0: friend lady, I can do it?
1: That thing got personal. Oh, yeah, that got personal. Yeah, I want everybody else to believe, but <laughs> do you believe? Do you believe that this ministry is going to touch all walks of life? Do you believe that? Do you believe that people are going to be blessed not only in person but globally by the ministry of Overcomers Christian Center? Do you believe? 25 years, you ain't seen it manifested yet. Sometimes in 25 years, we can get in routines. We can start accepting things. We can start just being happy this, we just happy we here. I mean, we made it. Lord have mercy. But you know, you got to not just be with Jesus, you got to be connected to him and get ready for a conversation. He said, do you believe? Mm. (laughs) What you persuaded by? You believe I have all power, all resources. You believe I'm capable, I'm strong, and I'm powerful? That thing was personal. I believe, oh, see, he's making it personal to us. And he goes on to say, as he's ministering to them, but, you know, uh, yes, that's what the brother said. They answered correctly. What did I say? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's how we say it sometimes too. Yes, Lord. Even so. He said, but not just yes, Lord. It's who you're saying it to. You're saying yes to the supreme in authority. (laughs) You're saying yes to the master who has complete control of everything. You're saying yes to the one that can cause them to not stimulate your account because you're waiting on one point so many trillions to be passed. But he's a God that can stimulate your account any time he chooses. I'm so glad the government revealed they could stimulate my account because I'm going to believe they're going to stimulate that debt to be gone. I'm going to believe that they're going to stimulate that mortgage to be gone. I'm going to believe that they're going to stimulate me some increase when I'm in I just didn't know you could stimulate my account. But now I know it. I believe that God can touch you. You better get happy now. He can touch you to do just what needs to be done in your life. They say, yes, Lord. Look at verse 9. But look at what he did. And I believe that's what he wants to do with us today. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open and and, and he went on sternly and, and warned them, saying, "Now see that, no one knows it. <laughs> but you know they acted like us in verse thirty one But before I talk about how they acted like us in thirty one, let's go back to what he did. He touched their eyes, their ability to see their vision. I said, "Oh, that's what you're touching, Lord." You're touching our vision. See, I was concerned about their blindness and that it limited them physically. It probably caused an emotional strain, caused a financial strain because they didn't have as much
0: access.
1: But my mind went from that piece to their vision. Do you know when you have vision, you have passion, you get energy? When you can see your way out, you can come out. When you can see yourself debt-free, you can be debt-free. When you can see this house full, this house will be full. What we get comfortable with, what we see is what we start believing and what we accept. But Jesus, he clinged to their eyes. I know we want God to give us a house, and we want to give us a car, and we want him to give us that good job, and we want all that, and that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But if he touches your vision, oh, glory be to God. We don't just see one house, we see houses and land. When he touches your vision, we don't see one car, we see fleets of cars. When he touches your vision, we don't see the promotion, but we see ownership. When he touches your vision, we don't see just standing here on the new land in this property, but we see the farmland and we see the residential center and we see the daycares and we see the full manifestation of mother. When he touches our vision... Glory, glory, glory. Oh man, we can see. And we, we can see our way out, we can come out. Mm. Been married for 10, 15 years and it seemed like it's getting worse, but do you see a better marriage? Been dealing with these kids for so long, seemed like they ain't gonna get their whole life together forever, but do you see them getting their whole life together? Been having this ache in my body. Been hurting a little bit for years and years. And seemed like it ain't going to get better. But do you see yourself better? Because according to this, according to your faith, let it be to you. Ah, oh, now that's, that's when that word got tight to me. I had a busy week, but I had that faith in my mind. I could see it. I could see it. And because I could see it,
0: I can
1: receive it, and see that sometimes we gotta to talk to ourselves. We we say everybody else talking us out our blessing, but sometimes we talk ourselves out our blessing because we're not seeing right. We're not seeing right, and we're not staying connected to the Father so He can open our eyes to see like we need to see. We just go on with what we hear and we assume that's being right. But let me tell you, according to this scripture, He said, "Do you believe that I'm able to do it?" I said, well, if you're going to get that personal, God, yes, Lord, I believe. He said, and now I just want to know, do you believe? Do you believe? you got to stop and ask yourself, do I believe? Mm. Do I believe that God's going to make me a homeowner? Let me tell you a quick testimony. I told you about moving my sister. And so you got to understand, when we grew up, we didn't grow up with an inheritance passed over to us, right? No, we did not grow up with that. We grew up with hardworking parents. My father passed away when I was four. My mom raised us seven kids. And we went through some turbulent times. We went through some times, but God always kept us. And I have to say, I just have a praying. Grandmama, I I, I believe she was a praying grandmama. I had a praying mama. I had praying sisters, siblings, you know, a community of folks praying. So my sister never owned a home. She lived in apartments. She lived in houses. She rented for years. My sister is 63 years old. And she has committed her life to taking care of my mom, and she do, does a phenomenal job. Like, all I do is try to keep her happy. Like let me keep her happy so she can take care of my mom. What you want me to do? I can't take care of like you. Because you got to, you know, caretaking ain't no joke. And so when you think you can just rise up and just take care of somebody who really and truly needs a lot of care, you got another thing going. So we do all that we can to financially support. We go in on the weekends. We do everything that we can to support. And I applaud all the caretakers. Shout out to the caretakers. <laughs> Caretakers is hard work. So my sister is believing God for a home, and she is like this. Okay, I want this house. I want it to look like this, this, this. And then she gets frustrated at the realtor. I'm going to fire the realtor. I can't. She can't. She's not doing what she's supposed to. I'm doing all the work. And so she meets this person, this realtor. She's under another contract, and that realtor... Wasn't doing what she needed to do, trying to help somebody out. Didn't work out. So her time has expired. So she remembers this lady that she saw in, um, as a realtor. And the lady just started giving her information. No obligation, just giving her information. So then she goes out to see a house. She said, I found this house. Now, in the last month I left, there was no house. So that's why nothing was packed already. So anyways, she sees this realtor. And she says, I'm going to call her because that's who I really wanted. And the relative says, yeah, I, I like that house. And it was, I mean, the house, I mean, it was up in the threes. And so she says, but I got a better house. My sister said, what? She said, I got a better house. She said, come on, come look at this house. She goes in the house, beautiful house. It has a ranch, four bedrooms. My sister has her master bedroom, her bedroom, bedroom. My mom has a bathroom in her bedroom. My mom never had a bathroom in her bedroom. You're going from not having water in your house to struggling all of your life. My mother never had that. Okay, so the house has two bedrooms. I've already claimed my room because obviously I'm the youngest, so I should have my own room, at least when I come. Bay windows and at granite top, open floor um, plan, new HV, one year old, New Roof, one year old. And so guess what? The house is fifty thousand less than before. And so my sister's like, What? I said, girl, you're faithful keeping our mama. You're faithful keeping our mama. You're faithful keeping our mama. You can see it, but God saw it. And this has been our prayer. I always pray. I pray for my parents. I pray for my my husband 's parents. I say, I pray that their latter days is better than their beginnings because you don't know how folks beginnings were, but what we can do is clap onto that latter days. You hear what I say. You pray that they will be better off than they've ever been before. My mom is eighty eight years old and she 's living better than she 's ever lived before. Can you? See it. Can you see it? My sister was paying eleven hundred in rent. Her new mortgage is twelve hundred. What? You were living one way, paying eleven hundred to someone else, and you're owning your own and you're living the way you want to. I shouldn't have told her testimony, but somebody needs to see it. You gotta see it. You gotta see it. But my sister is faithful. And she said, she said, wherever I go, Mom goes. Because that's what I was, was like, you're moving? What's going to happen to Mom? Because we got to figure something out, right? She said, no, wherever I go, Mom goes. And she's so humble. Now, she was, she was a little spastic, you know, trying to get everything done. And I had to pray and see God and turn on Jake. But we got it done. Mom walked in her room last night. And I was concerned because I had to try to make everything look the same. See the other part of my mom's testimony is that she's overcoming dementia each and every day. So she's not that vibrant person that she used to be. Can you see it? But she went in that room last night and here's a testimony. She's on um FaceTime and me like what is my mom at eighty eight knows about FaceTime? I love that room. It looks just
0: like it. All my stuff is in place. I thank God be glory. Can you? Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.